Wasn't that a beautiful song? He knows better than we do. We think we know the way we should walk. We think we know the path we should take. We think we know what the future may have in store for us, but we don't. Only the Lord does. And that's why when we walk with him and we follow him, he'll take us just exactly the right way to go. No detours, no exits, no veering off the path. We'll be on his path all our lives. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we just thank you that if we come to another Sunday morning and an opportunity to open up your word, we pray that you will speak clearly to our hearts this morning and have a portion of your word for each and every one. And we thank you that you know our needs. You know us better than we even know ourselves. And you know what's best, what we need to hear. And help us to be obedient to your voice today. May you hide me behind the cross, Lord. May the words that are spoken be your words. May they touch lives and impact people. And we just want to thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we begin a new year, we oftentimes hear things like New Year's resolutions or people setting goals for themselves. And I was thinking about this this week, about how people have goals. Some people have personal goals. I want to lose weight this year. I want to eat better this year, more nutrition. Or I want to get in better physical shape. You ever notice that people go out and buy treadmills, they buy bikes, they buy elliptical trainers, they buy all this exercise equipment for Christmas, and then guess what? A couple months later, they show up on eBay. Or they end up down at to play it again sports, where you can get these things for a really good price. Or they'll end up as a hanger for your clothes. Have you ever seen a treadmill in somebody's house and they got clothes on it and different things? But you know, those are good goals. But there's better goals than that. Some people have professional goals. In my, I want to get a new job this year. I need to change jobs. I need to change positions. Or I want to get a promotion this year. Or I want to get a raise this year. I bet if we said how many want that, we'd all raise our hand. Double mine, please. But everybody is looking to improve themselves professionally. But you know what? There are better goals than personal goals. There are better goals than professional goals. There are spiritual goals. And that's what the Lord wants for us in our lives is to have spiritual goals, to walk with Him, to serve Him, to obey Him more, and to live a life that is more pleasing in His sight. That should be our greatest priority in life. Well, we all know what goals are, but it's sometimes nice to look at the definition. And I found a good one in Webster's New World Dictionary for goal. It's an object or end that one strives to attain. An object or end that one strives to attain. Well, one of my favorite definitions of goals is for, for a believer in Christ is something for which one strives to attain in order to gain something better. And that's what we do when we go deeper with the Lord, when we walk closer with the Lord, when we grow more. We say, Lord, I'm not satisfied with where I am spiritually here in 2005. I want to go more. I want to grow more. I want to please you more. I want to do what is right more in my life. And you know, the Apostle Paul had goals for his life. And in Philippians 3:13 and 14, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself as having apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I like that. Paul boiled it down to the most simple components. He said, I got two goals. 
Forget the past and press on in victory in the future. You know how many people are weighed down by the past today? They're carrying around guilt. They're walking around like a huge weight on their back, carrying guilt in the past. Oh, if I hadn't have made that decision, if I hadn't have done that, if I had have just done this, and they carry this around. But when you come to Jesus Christ and He saves you, He forgives you, He takes away that guilt. He takes away your sin and all the past. And for us as believers, even the good things that we did in the past, we forget those things which are behind and we reach forth to those things which are before. None of us knows what's going to happen in 2005, but this we know, the Lord's in control. And He will lead us and He will guide us in our lives. You know, when you think about goals, some people say there's three things that you can use on a goal to test it. Three tests for a goal. The first one is, is it measurable? Can you tell if you've attained it or not? The second one, is it attainable? Is it realistic? Can I really do this goal that I've set for myself with God's help? And then the third thing is, is it worthwhile? How many people set goals for themselves and they're, yeah, they're measurable and they're attainable, but they're not good. They're not worth doing. That's why goals in the spiritual life where we want to do things for the Lord more are worthy goals. They're the kind of goals we should have and we should commit ourselves to and fulfill them in this new year. You know, last year I had four goals and I don't know how many would remember this message, but all through the year I've been thinking about the four things and they have stuck in my mind and I can remember them very clearly. And it was the acronym LAST, L-A-S-T. And I said, put LAST first. You might not remember, but these are the four things. Live for the Lord one day at a time. Second, appreciate what you have. Third, surrender fully to his will. And fourth, trust in him for everything. And you know, it's been so easy for me to remember that because I've been praying over that and I've been asking the Lord, Lord, help me to live one day at a time. Help me to appreciate what you've given me. Help me to surrender fully to your will and to trust in you for everything. And those are great goals for this year also, but I came up with four other goals this time. Trying to go further with the Lord and grow more and serve Him more. And that's what we want to do. Turn with me this morning, if you will, to Colossians chapter 1. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1 and verse 9. I really love the Apostle Paul because he was so committed to the Lord, he never gave up. So that he could say at the end of his life, as we heard this week, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That's what we want to do. At the end of our lives, we want to say, Lord, I've done what you wanted me to do. So let's read Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. This is Paul's prayer for the Christians in the city and church of Colossae. He says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. No, it's really good when you think about these goals that Paul has set forth for us here in verse 10. 
And you'll notice there's four things that he's praying for them that can be our prayer for our lives today. He says, first of all, walk worthy of the Lord. Second, he says, fully pleasing him. Third, he says, be fruitful in every good work. And the fourth thing, increasing in the knowledge of God. And I know one thing, if we make it our commitment to follow these four things this year, pray over them and ask God to help us, that will be a life that will bring glory to God. And that will help us to grow more in our Christian faith. You know, it's wonderful to realize that when we set goals for ourselves in the Christian life, we don't have to have the strength and power in ourselves to do them. Because notice the people in the world that don't have the Savior, they make lots of goals and lots of resolutions, but they end up not fulfilling very many of them whatsoever. But we have the resources. That's the good thing. You know, when you get hired for a job and you come in and they say, here's your new job, here are your resources to get the job done. We'll give you all the resources that you need. And that's the same thing with us. We have the resources of prayer. We have the resources of God's Word. We have the resources of godly counsel. We can go to Adel and Sylvia anytime and get counsel on what we need to do and make decisions. And we have the encouragement of all the saints. And what a blessing and privilege it is. But we can ask ourselves, are we up to the task? Are we willing to take on these goals this year knowing that the Lord will help us to do them and all we have to do is have a willing spirit. All we have to do is have a commitment and He will bring about the goals. Well, let's look at the first point this morning. Walk worthy of the Lord. Now, I'm sure you've read in the Bible many times about the word walk. Walk is found all through the Bible, but especially in the New Testament. And walk means our life. Our life. From the beginning When we get saved and give our lives to Christ until we go home to heaven, that's the Christian walk. That's the Christian life. And we're following the Lord Jesus. And it's a perfect picture. You know, Adel started walking recently, about, well, quite a while ago. And he walks every day, I think seven days a week, about four miles. And, you know, walking is a great form of exercise. The doctors will tell you it's the best. It really is. Best exercise. And when you think about walking, it involves several things. It involves movement and effort, and it involves getting to a destination. So you start off walking, you go to your destination, and you're, and you're done. And that's the way the Christian life is. It involves movement. It involves walking with the Lord. It involves effort. We have to do our part to honor and live for and serve the Lord. And it involves a destination, getting to the other shore in heaven. And what a walk and what a blessed walk it is. And you notice Paul doesn't just say you should walk in the Lord. He said you should walk worthy of the Lord. That really challenged me this week, especially as I was preparing this message and thinking about it. The Lord loves me. He saved me. And now he calls me to walk in a manner worthy of him. That is a challenge in life. To think that God is interested in my life. He's interested in my character. He's interested in my conduct. He's interested in the words that I speak. Everything. And everything that we do should be a reflection upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you work for a company, you have to obey the policies of the company. Because you are reflecting upon the CEO and you're reflecting upon the stockholders and you're reflecting upon the employees and you want to do things that are in keeping with that company. And the same thing if you're on a sports team. You want, to, you want to live up to the high standards. You know, right now, the New England Patriots are the defending champions. 
in football and they're going to play today in Pittsburgh. And whether you like them or not, I mean, they have a way of rising up to the, to the occasion with their coach and their quarterback and their team. And we'll see if they can do it today. They're champions and they play like champions. And they do it because they're a New England Patriot. And they have a high standard that they've set for themselves. It was amazing when they started the season, they wanted to talk to them about, oh, wasn't this wonderful, your championship you won last year and you got your rings tonight in the ceremony and this is great. One player said, what are you talking about? That was last year. We're going out to win it this year. Forget what happened last year. We're O and O and everybody's the same. We have to win it this year. And that was a goal that they have. And it's amazing. And they, they carried on that tradition. And the Apostle Paul says about walking worthy of the Lord in Ephesians 4.1, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you or beg you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You know, when you want to walk worthy of the Lord, you want to do it for his sake. Not for, for my sake, not for your sake, but for the Lord's sake. Because we love him so much, we should want to walk worthy of him. Because people are going to say, oh, you're a Christian. You know that when people know we're a Christian, they're going to, they're going to listen to what we say and they're going to watch how we live. And if we don't measure up, they're going to tell you. I heard a very sad thing at work. This lady was talking today uh, last week. And uh, she has a, a, baby, a lady taking care of her mother. And she says, you know, she was telling the other lady at work. She said, you know, these born again Christians, she says, they're always preaching and everything. Well, this one is dishonest and she lied and she did this and this. And another one I knew like this. But she says, uh, she says, no offense to you, Dean. You know, <laughs> she said. So I heard that. Right. So I got up from my desk. I went over. I said, don't judge everybody like this. Because sometimes people say they're Christians and they're not. Or sometimes they profess to be walking with the Lord and they're not. Judge according to what God's word says. And we're none of us going to be perfect, but we should be striving to walk in a worthy manner for the Lord. So that no one will ever say of us, he's a Christian. That can't be anything good to Christian if he's a Christian. That would be so sad. But it's a worthy walk. And it's a 24-7 walk that we have to walk worthy of the Lord. You can't take any days off, no vacations, no breaks, no holidays. You can't say, I can let down my guard today. No. Every day we're walking in a worthy manner for the Lord. And that's the way we should be doing. Because, you know, people are watching our lives. Not only the unsaved, but other Christians, young believers, young people. They're watching our lives. They want to see, is, is Dean going to walk the walk? Or is he just going to talk the talk? You know, even the world, they use expressions like that. Walking the walk. And it's so important. It's so true. And there's a verse that really challenged me from 1 John 2, 6. You can just turn over to it. It's such a dynamite verse. And it really speaks to the fact that it's a challenge to walk in his way, like we sang this morning. John chapter 1, chapter 2 and verse 6. John 2, 6, 1 John, I should say, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says, He who abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. I said, wow, Lord, that's a challenge to walk as my Lord Jesus Christ walked. 
Now, how, now, that is a challenging walk. That is a worthy walk to walk as he walked. And that is a real blessing when you think about it. You know, I think this verse might have spawned that, that saying, WWJD. If you know what that expression means, raise up your hand, what it stands for. Bob. You know, and every time you see it, you think about it. What would my Savior do in this circumstance? How would He respond? How would He answer to that person? How would He live? And that should be a challenge for us. It's convicting. It's challenging. But may the Lord help us to live our lives this way. I don't know how many of you have the Amplified Translation, but it's a great translation to study with because it opens up new meanings in the Greek and gives you a lot of insight into the verse. And in, verse, in this verse 10 in Colossians chapter 1, it says that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. Wow. Live and conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the Lord. You know, it's been a great compliment in times in my life for somebody who didn't know I was a Christian and all of a sudden they find out I'm a Christian. They say, wow, I had a feeling there was something different about you. And that's a great compliment. And I love that when that happens. And I'm sure it's happened to you and it's happened to me. And it's such a wonderful thing because we're reflecting Christ and we're showing the light to the world. And the sad thing is when the opposite happens. Oh, you're a Christian? I didn't know Christians did that. I didn't know Christians used language like that. You know, that's the challenge for us. If we're going to represent our Lord... And it's not that we've got it written across the chest, I'm a Christian. But when people know you're saved, you better live a life worthy of the Lord. It's, it's the challenge, but it's the need for all of us today at school, for you young people that are in school, at work, we all get up and go to work, in our neighborhoods and communities, wherever we go, when we name the name of Christ, we better live it. We better practice it. It's a challenge for us. Yes, that's the first goal that we can start off this year with is walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. It reminds me of when the disciples, Peter and John, were arrested in the book of Acts for preaching Christ and they brought them in before the Sanhedrin and they were talking to them. And, and then they started talking among themselves and they said, these are uneducated and untrained men. Where did they get all this learning? Oh, they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. That's why they had the knowledge. That's why they had the power. That's why they had the experience because they had been with Jesus. And may people say that of us. He's been with Jesus. She's been with Jesus. And it should really make us walk in a worthy manner for the Lord. One day there's a story told of a prince who was walking out in the countryside with his tutor. And he was just a young boy and, and the tutor was teaching him all about what he needed to do and his responsibilities. And the young man said to him this, he says, what should I do under such and such circumstances? And the tutor looked at him and said, just remember, you're a son of the king. That's all you need to know. Oof. Think about it. You're a son and you're a daughter of the king. Is there a higher calling? Is there a greater life you can live than being a child of the King, of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? And it should make us want to get down on our knees and say, Lord, I'm not worthy of your love. I'm not worthy of this salvation. I'm not worthy of the calling, but help me to live in a worthy manner for your glory. So that's the first goal, walking worthy of the Lord. The second one is also found in verse 10. And it says, fully 
pleasing him. I like how it doesn't say just pleasing him. It says fully pleasing him. 100% pleasing the Lord in every area of my life. That's where I need the Lord's help. You know, one day, a few years ago, I heard that expression to the max. Have you, you remember that one used by a lot of people? I did it to the max or whatever. Well, if you want to please the Lord, you want to do it to the max. Not part way, not almost there, but please him in every way. Well, we have a new modern expression. I'm sure Dan will like this and will agree with me the way I say it, hopefully. Totally, like totally please the Lord. Like totally. Isn't that Roger's laughing? That, that's the way they say it nowadays. Like totally I want to please the Lord. And that is the way we should do it. Pleasing him. You know, sometimes we don't set our goals high enough and we end up meeting them at a lower level. We need to really strive to please the Lord in every way. The Apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5, 9. He says, therefore, we have as our aim. And there's another word for goal. That whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Well-pleasing to him. You know, it's so exciting when, you, when a parent gets called into the school for the conference, right? The parent gets called in and little, let's say, Mackenzie. Oh, she's now getting a conference for the first time. And Ed and Vicky go in and the teacher says, okay, I want to tell you about Mackenzie. And they, and they say, Mackenzie is a good student. I mean, she does her homework. She studies. She's been an ideal student. But, you know, I have another comment to make about her. And then they say, ooh, what's going to happen now? They gave the good thing. Now I guess they're going on to the bad. No, her, her character is so good. She's obedient. She does whatever I say the first time. She picks up the class. She does this and that. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> It's not just scholastic, but she's, she's doing the right thing in her character. And that's what the Lord is concerned about. Pleasing the Lord in everything. You know, there's six aspects of our lives that we can please Him with. And it's like shining a searchlight down on these because they're all very challenging, very convicting. First one, pleasing Him with our thoughts. You know, the devil wants to get at our minds. He wants us to think bad thoughts, lustful thoughts, immoral thoughts. The world is bombarding us every day. And so when we think about the Lord and we think about his will for our lives and we meditate on his word, we can drive out those bad thoughts and think right thoughts. And that's what our, we can please the Lord with our thoughts. We can also please him with our attitude. You know, you have an expression with the kids. I've heard Shelley talk about the kids. This one has a tood. You know, they just take off attitude, you know, and put tood. They got a tood. Well, sometimes in my life, I have a tood. The Lord wants me to do something. I've got a tood. I don't really want to do it. It's hard. It's difficult. It might involve something costly. And I have a tood. And I wrestle with the Lord over it. And I say, Lord, I don't really want to do this. Do I have to? And the Lord says, yes. And then I said, could we discuss this? And he says, no. I said, <laughs> and I say, okay, Lord. And I do it. Attitude. It's all about attitude. Bill kids me all the time. He says to me, attitude, Dean. I said, thank you very much. Is a thankful attitude good? <laughs> and it just like takes the wind out of his sail. <laughs> because that's the kind of attitude that pleases the Lord. If we have a thankful spirit, that's, that's what we should do. And our words, our words should be pleasing to the Lord. If our words aren't pleasing to the Lord, they are going to be destructive. They're going to be 
harmful to others. And we want to have edifying words, pleasing words to the Lord. Another one is our actions. Do our actions please the Lord? You know, I love that verse in Proverbs 16, 7, where the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, says this, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isn't that amazing? That's a great verse. You know, if you have people that don't like you at work or in your neighborhood or whatever, they're kind of grumpy and they, they don't like you and they don't like the fact that you're a Christian and their lives are falling apart and all of this, they might think of you as an enemy. But it says, if your ways please the Lord, even your enemies will be at peace with you. And you can have peace even with the hardest people to get along with if you're walking the walk. If you're walking with the Lord and pleasing Him, He will help us to be able to handle whatever circumstances come our way. Again, the Amplified Version is very good on this part of the verse that says, fully pleasing Him and desiring to please Him in all things. You know, we have the willingness and we have the ability to please the Lord and we need to do it. And not to make excuses, but to ask the Lord for His help. Say, Lord, I've gotten up this morning. Please let me please You today. Please let me walk in a manner worthy of You today. It's a goal that we can set for each and every day. The third goal is to bear fruit in every good work. And what a beautiful thing that is, to be fruitful Christians. You know, the word fruit in the New Testament means three different things. It means good deeds, it means character, and it means souls that are saved. All fruit that we can have for the Lord. But what Paul's concerned with here with the Philippians is that they would do good to others and be a blessing for the Lord. And that's why he says, bearing fruit in every good work. That's a challenge. That's really a challenge. We say, Lord, how can I be a fruitful Christian? How can I bear fruit for you? And the answer is found in John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, where it says this, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You know, can you imagine if you had a fruit tree in your backyard and one year, you know, you have the tree and it's got all these beautiful fruits on it. It's so good. The next year it comes up. Where's the fruit? It's not here. It's not bearing fruit. And that's a sad thing. The only way that we can be fruitful is if we stay close to the Lord, abide in him and allow his life to be manifested through us. How can we be successful? How can we be fruitful is by letting the life of Christ come through us. And that's humbling and it's challenging to our lives because we want to be a blessing to the saved and to the unsaved. And we can only do it with the Lord's help. Ephesians 2.10 says, the reason why we are here on this earth is it says, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, we're not saved by good works, but we're saved unto good works. And he wants us to do good for others and be a testimony and to do good and help others. And the Lord is very good to us. But in God's orchard, there's a lot of fruit trees lined up, lots of fruit trees. But we don't want to take up room in God's soil, in his orchard, if we're not bearing fruit, because we'll be an unproductive tree. We want to be those who the Lord can use to touch others and grow and be fruitful. And he wants us to bear fruit. 
And he wants us to bear much fruit. And he wants us to bear more fruit. And that's, that's the way the Christian life is for us. He wants us to be fruitful Christians. He wants us to grow and blossom and, and please him and serve him more. May the Lord help us to be the kind of fruitful trees that bear fruit for the kingdom. So that's the, sec- that's the third goal. The third goal, bearing fruit in every good work. We can start our day and say, Lord, help me to be fruitful today. Not just to be successful in my job, not only to be successful in, in school or in, in uh, hobbies or whatever, but Lord, I want to be successful in your service. I want to be successful in doing what you want me to do. Just like the Apostle Paul, when he first got saved on the road to Damascus, he said to the Lord Jesus at his conversion, he says, Lord, what will you have me to do? And that's something we can say to the Lord every day when we get up in the morning. Lord, today, what would you have me to do? Help me to walk worthy of you today. Help me to to fully please you. Help me to bear fruit in every good work. And then the final one is a challenging one also. It says, increasing in the knowledge of of God. You know, that's a great goal to have this year. I want to know God better. I want to know more of him. I want to know more of his word. I want to become more familiar with the whole Bible. I want to know it. I want to study it. I want to meditate on it. And I want to let it absorb into the pores of my life so that it affects me. And then I can go out and be a blessing for others. And you don't have to read like large portions of the word. In fact, it's better to take a few verses or one even and juice it. Like Sylvia likes to say, juice that orange, juice that word, get the most out of it, apply it in your life, apply it in my life so that we can be effective for the kingdom of God. You know, learning is a good thing. Information is a good thing. But, you know, God is more con- not concerned so much with information. He's concerned with transformation. And if we know a lot of God's word, it should be transforming our lives every day. It shouldn't be just stuck up here like this. It has to come down here and then it has to go down there. You know, when we, when we memorize the scripture like we do in the scripture memory class, what we're doing is allowing God to write those verses on the tablets of our hearts so that we remember them and we can use them. But you know, he doesn't want to just write it on the tablets of our heart. He wants to write it on the bottom of our shoes also. You say, Dean, why does he want to write the verse on the bottom of the shoes? Because you put it into practice. You walk it. He wants you to take the verse, yes, written on your heart, and walk it every day. And if we do that, then we've really learned the verse. Then we've really learned the word. And you know, the Lord doesn't want us to just grow in knowledge about him. He wants us to grow in knowledge of him. We want to know him more, spend more time with him. Than we do. That's a great goal to have for 2005 in connection with this. I want to spend more time with the Lord in the morning. Now, we all have t- trouble getting up in the morning. When my alarm goes off at four o'clock and I set it for four, it's not easy. It's not easy. But when I get up and I get going and I start praying, and I'm praying for you at about 4.45 when I start praying for the church. And then after that, I do my exercises. And after that, I shower and read my Bible and have my breakfast. But I start off, the first thing is prayer. You know why I do prayer first? Because this is kind of funny, but I used to run first. And I would sit down on the bed after I've run. And I would start praying and I would fall, fall asleep. Fall sound asleep. And then I'd wake up and I'd finish the prayer list. I'd go through it, but I would say, Lord, this isn't good. And so I said, Lord, if I pray first, if I honor you first, 
you'll keep me awake. So now I haven't fallen asleep once because I pray first, then I do the exercises, then I do the other thing, and the Lord has has made it so wonderful. So thank God for that. Whenever we put the Lord first and honor Him, He takes care of all the rest. And you know, the Apostle James says it in a very challenging way for us. He says, don't be just merely hearers of the Word, be doers. And again, that's where like Mike likes the expression that was used many years ago by J. Vernon McGee, where the rubber meets the road. That's where the rubber meets the road. It's not just knowing it, it's applying it and living it. That's where the challenge comes in. The Apostle Peter in 2 Peter 3.18 said, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. I also like what it says in the Amplified in this part of the verse. It says, And steadily growing and increasing and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. Wow, that is Bible study. When you study, not just to know it, to know the author. We want to know the author of this book, which is the Lord himself. Know him better. Know his word better so that we'll be conversant with it. You know, can you imagine if somebody comes up to you and asks you a question on the Bible and you can't answer it? Well, you can come back to them and say, I'll get back to you. I'll get the answer and you can get it. But when you can study the word for yourself and you can know where it's found and maybe you can't quote exactly the verse, but you can go to it, that is being equipped in the word of God. And that's what we should have the goal and desire to do, to know what the Bible says, what it means and what it means to us. That's Bible study. That's rich Bible study. It's a good goal to have to know more about our Lord and about his word. But I thought about it really The older you get and the longer you've been a Christian and the more knowledge you have of the Lord and of his word, the more you will agree with me that we don't know very much. You know, I think about a little child out on the beach, up in the ocean, and he's got one of these little tiny cups. You know how we have the communion cups is about this big. And he says, I'm going to empty the ocean. I'm going to empty it all. And he's got this little cup and he goes out to the sea and he takes a little bit of water. He brings it over. That's one. Can he drain the ocean dry that way? No, he can't. And that's the way it is with the word of God. It's too deep. It's too rich. It's so it's God's word. It's living. It's breathing. We'll never know it all. We'll never be know it all until we get to heaven. But we should be striving and seeking to please the Lord and to learn more of his word. I kind of like what happened in Job's life because Job went through so many trials and his friends were telling him, you know, you had sinned against God and this is why it's happening to you. And he had to listen to them and all of that. But finally, after all he went through, the Lord revealed himself to Job in all his power and glory. And Job was so humbled. And it says in Job chapter 42, 5 and 6, he says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye has seen you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Don't we feel like that sometimes? We open up God's word. It's a holy Bible. It's a holy word. Our lives are not perfect. They're not holy. But it's like a mirror. It shows where our condition is and how we can change and grow and be better for the Savior. And we should always be spending time in the word of God, learning it, growing in it, though it will take us all eternity To fully know it. So we've seen four, I believe, good goals to have this year. 
And it's up to you if you want to take on these four goals. But if you're going to do it, you've got to say them, repeat them every day. You've got to pray over them. You've got to ask the Lord to help you to do them. And then at the end of 2005, believe me, you will be able to quote all four of them. And you'll be able to say, wow, the Lord has really helped me to grow this year. So may the Lord really help us to do these four things, to walk in a worthy manner of the Lord. We represent the King and to fully please Him in everything that we do and say and the way we conduct ourselves in business, in school, in work, or wherever we go. It should be in keeping with that high calling. And then we should bear fruit in every good work. We should say, Lord, You haven't just put me here on earth to take up space. I want to be fruitful for You. I don't want to be a tree in Your orchard with no fruit on it. I want to have produced luscious, big grapes or tomatoes or oranges or peaches, whatever fruit you like. Think of yourself as as that. I oftentimes joke with Mike and Ginny because they, I've mentioned it before, they have at their house this beautiful bowl of, I believe they're Granny Smith apples, and they look so nice. But you pick up one of those apples, and before you know it, it's plastic. Now, it looks like an apple, but it's not an apple. And unfortunately, today, for so many Christians, they're putting forth a pathetic synthetic. That's sad. A pathetic synthetic. We don't want that. We want the real fruit, the real life of Christ to be manifested. We don't want people to say, Dean's a phony. He says this on Sunday, but then he goes during the week. No. Wouldn't it be interesting if you could follow me around this week to my work and, and ask him about me? Or we'll follow them or somebody will follow you around at your work and ask about you or in your neighborhood. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the real life is lived, not behind the pulpit. I have to go forth and I have to live this message every day. And that's going to be what we're going to be blessed with. So may the Lord help us to realize that the responsibility is great. The accountability is greater. But the blessed joy is even better if we fulfill these things and do it for the Lord's glory. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you say, you know, I'd like to have a life like he's talking about. I'd like to to have this kind of life. I'd like to know Christ. You can do that today. You can accept him as your Lord and Savior today. And you can begin the Christian walk. Because right now you're not on it. But you can get on that walk that will end in heaven and end in the most blessed eternity. You can do that today. And for those who are believers here, which hopefully most of us are all saved here today, Make it our desire that these goals be fulfilled with his help, that we may serve him all the days of our lives and say, Lord, I want to please you. I want to walk in a worthy manner before you. I want to bear fruit for you and I want to increase in the knowledge of you. Shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is so inspiring, Lord. It's so challenging and convicting at the same time. Lord, we cannot do any of these things that I have been mentioning this morning without your help. You even said, Lord Jesus, without me, you can do nothing. Lord, we would just be like the world. We would be setting goals that we cannot fulfill. And we would end in frustration, disappointment, and failure. But Lord, we don't have to end this way. We can achieve these goals with your help. We can become the Christians you want us to be. And we ask that you'll help us to do it, Lord. Help us to be reminded of the word, to memorize it, meditate upon it, and study it. Make it part of our lives and our walk with you. We just ask this now and pray you'll dismiss us with your blessing in Jesus' precious name. Amen.